going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined, uh, you know, nice first, one of the first offseason pods of the year. No better time to have Jason, Fitz- Jason Fitzgerald of Over the Cap on, salary cap expert, Jets fan as well. So, Jason, how are we doing today? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Excited to be on with you today. Th- thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking some time. Obviously, you know, since uh, the last episode dropped, obviously, Michael Flores has been fired. I know we mentioned that a lot on, uh, well, they've parted ways, quote unquote, with Jason. I mean, with, uh, with Michael Flores, John Benton has moved on as well. Miles Austin, Sauce, you know, and we mentioned this a bunch, Sauce, Mosley, and, uh, and Quinn and all pros. Kind of wanted to get your, you know, overall take on the offensive coordinator spot first, and then we can kind of move into quarterbacks, some of the biggest offseason stuff in terms of money. What do you think of LaFleur getting – you know, they them parting ways. And is there, is there any candidates to you that kind of stand out of where the Jets should go next? I, I don't know if there's really any candidates that stand out right now. Um, you know, I think obviously he was, he was going to go. Uh, they needed a fall guy after the way that season ended. You're not going to fire the coach. You're not going to fire the general manager. He's the logical guy that had to go. So I, I think that one, who they're going to hire I, I almost think you need clarity on what you want to do at quarterback before you go in there and you bring in an offensive coordinator you know that all the rumors or whatever you know if you're thinking about Lamar Jackson you're bringing in a very different probably style offense than if you're bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo so it, it's almost like they have to decide what they're going to think about at least doing there I think before they, they really can uh, jump into that offensive coordinator hunt yeah, no, I agree. I think some of the things that we've seen in the past is teams, you know, look at the Broncos a year ago, they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. They bring in Nathaniel Hackett and they don't get Rodgers. And then they're kind of stuck with a quarterback who doesn't match the system. So I'm on the same page as you. I think when you look at a Greg Olson, obviously you're going to bring that. You're, he's a guy you'd look to bring in if you bring in Derek Carr. But I don't think if you bring him in, you're looking to bring in Lamar Jackson. So I, I, I think from that perspective, I agree with you. I do think that they – I've said this before and, and scapegoat people get kind of upset about scapegoat and, you know, as if that he's, you know, it was not at fault. He, he was not good at the end of the year. This opening scripts, um, some of the red zone play calling wasn't great. All that being said, when you fire an offensive coordinator and it kind of feels like you don't really know what you're doing next and you're just firing someone to fire someone, that's where I think, you know, it felt very jets like of, you know, Woody to come down and be like, yep, let's just clean house because we need to blame somebody because we, we choked. Yeah. The that That's, that's been that's been a problem with the organization for years. Um, I mean, you, you can go back to when they fired Mike Tannenbaum. I mean, they, they had no thought as to who they were bringing in, general manager. And really, that's what set the organization down into chaos that it's been for the last decade. It's sometimes you make these moves because you're you're trying to be reactionary. But when you have no vision as to what you want to do, you, know, you, you get all screwed up. And I, I think that's been a big thing with the Jets over uh, pretty much over Woody's tenure, but uh, certainly over the last 10 years or so. Yeah, it's uh, it's been <laughs> it's certainly been something. Before we get into the offseason, you know, actually I'll start here at the offseason and kind of it's a kind of a subtle, interesting caveat to what to do with Zach Wilson, right? I, I think he's done here. Um, I've been pretty clear about that. I think it's 
would be a mistake to bring him back from the Jets' perspective, from Zach's perspective. Like, I just think it's a divorce is needed. That said, you know, trading a guy entering his third year in the league, that's a second overall pick. How could, you know, from, you know, the money perspective and things, is there timing in which it's better for the Jets to do so? I feel like you can't go out, right, cut him. And, you know, I, I feel like there isn't there quite a bit of dead money if, if they move on from him, you know, before June. Yeah, and things I of that mean, nature. It, it, yeah, I think you'd be looking at something that would be a post-draft kind of trade. Um, you know, you, you'd be looking at something that would happen in the summertime. I'll just uh, pull up the number here. If you do it post-June 1, you can save a couple of million dollars, which can help you towards signing your draft picks. Um, you know, the, the, I, I don't know what you're really going to get for him. And I have a feeling that the the – what you would get back would be so low the jets might not even do it uh unless they're just looking to get him out of there because it's just bad for the locker room it's just bad for the whole environment um but i i would think you would do it after june one and you know maybe they they look at a bust for a bus trade you know you look at trey lance you, you look at um you know some other players from that draft class or another draft class that just haven't panned out and you're just like we'll take that salary on you take this salary on and let's see if a change in system can make it work for one of these guys. Um, you almost think that's like the, the best return they could probably get for him would, would be something like that versus a draft pick in 2024. Cause I, I don't think you're going to get anything in 2023. So I think you just defer it to 2024 and hope for the best if that's what you can get. Yeah. I figured it'd be something, you know, if they do move on from them, It'll be, a, you know, a late, maybe a sixth or a seventh rounder in 2023. And then maybe it's a conditional, you know, fourth rounder that can become a two if Zach plays a lot in 2023 or something like that. You just, I don't think you're going to see the Sam Darnold trade happen, even though, you know, at one point I thought maybe, but the way he looked getting, getting benched for Chris Trevler at home in a must win game uh, is not a good look. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot different than Darnold. You know, with Darnold, it was, Todd Bowles wasn't an offensive coach. Adam Gase is terrible. All he needs is another system to to kind of fix him. With Wilson, well, Wilson, right now you just look at him; he can't play quarterback, and so that that's a it's a completely different ball game. Uh, I think when you when you look at the trade value because of that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm on the same page as you, and I guess let's transition to quarterbacks first. Then we can talk about some of the guys on the Jets roster um, and kind of what flexibility they have, or guys that could be restructured or, or cut or anything like that. Um, quarterback wise, we mentioned a few names, I guess, let me start with Lamar just because it's obviously the hot topic right now. The jets are, you know, the, the odds on favorite to get him. And even though I feel like he still ends up in the NFC South, but the jets have a chance. Two questions for you in terms of one, how did the jets make a trade like that work? If that's what they do and B, what kind of contract are we looking at? Because I know the Deshaun Watson contracts, the, you know, overarching issue around the league right now with these quarterbacks, but. You know, I think they offered him 133 million before the year guaranteed. That's obviously much lower than a lot of these other quarterbacks. So like, what does A, his contract look like, you think? And B, how do they get this done for a guy that's going to be such a big money item? I, I think if you want to convince him to come play for the Jets, uh, you probably have to do six years, 300 million, the whole contract guaranteed. Um, you know, may, maybe you could do five years, um, you know, match the uh, kind of match the Deshaun Watson, do five, 250. Um but I think that's what it would have to be. I think you have to blow him away with an offer and you have to make it known, you know, if the Ravens give him permission to go talk to other teams, because I'm assuming they use the exclusive tag on him. Um, if he's got permission to go talk to other teams, 
you know, you, you're going to have to go in there and say, look, this is what you want. This is what we're going to give you. Uh, because if, if you go around it and you start saying, well, you know, we'll give you 200 Garen. He's just going to say no, because he's just going to feel like, OK, this is the same deal that I could have had with the Ravens. So, you know, you, you're going to have to go in there and just kind of blow him away with that. And then draft compensation. I mean, I, I former MVP, you're talking about that kind of contract level. Um you know, Ravens hold his rights. I have to imagine you're looking at least three first round picks. Um, you know, if they delay it all the way to draft day, which I don't think anyone would do. I mean, you could get into four picks, I think, at that point. Um, at least three first round picks, plus, you know, probably some other stuff. I mean, that that's basically the Deshaun Watson kind of package that went. And it's going to be the same kind of thing if that's what the Jets want to do. Yeah, look, I, I think... You know, the only kind of hope I guess the Jets have is, look, they're going to have to pay a tax for being the Jets. They're going to have to pay a tax for being in the AFC. They're going to have to pay a tax for everyone knowing they need a quarterback and they're desperate. Um, so at the end of the day, though, like as much as everyone's going to react to this, I guarantee I'm going to put the, that clip up and I guarantee everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, that's so much. The Jets haven't had a quarter. They've had like a half a quarterback in the last 40 years. So you know, sometimes you got to pay the price and that's, you missed on Lamar the first time you missed on Josh Allen, those guys at the Darnold draft, you missed on, um, you missed that on Trevor Lawrence. Like sometimes it's the way it works and he's that good. And I know people point to the durability. I I have a sneaky suspicion that Lamar is very much not playing to protect himself as he should, to be honest with you. Yeah. I I think that's the uh, right now. I think that's the, the thought process for this year Um, was that the last two games he probably could have played last three games and chose not to do it uh you know that's gonna upset some people um you know i i think that's fine the amount of money that he's talking about here i mean it, it's huge and you know he, he's trying to protect himself from getting hurt so i kind of understand that but i understand why people get upset with that too you know we we had that happen here with john abraham years and years and years ago where there were some thoughts he could play um you know towards the end of a season i don't remember if that was like 2004 whatever it was and he didn't suit up and it was pretty clear it was contract related, uh, not wanting to play through that. And that, that can be upsetting, but I, I completely understand why he would do that. And once you sign him, I, I don't think that that's ever going to be an issue. And I, I think that's all you really have to worry about. Is that going to be an issue again? And the answer to that, I think is no. Yeah. And that contract, you know, it's going to take him from age 26 season through his age 31 or 32 season. Like that's exactly when you want to be paying these guys, uh, you know, that kind of money. I'm going to want to move to Derek Carr next because I think he's the most, he seems like the the most likely option at this point. There's obviously been there's obviously the Jets are interested in him. I was I'm a little skeptical how much interest he really has in the Jets, but at the same time, if you go through the options, it kind of feels like Derek Carr makes a lot of sense here. I guess kind of same similar question. I think if you're the Jets, you wait for him to get cut. That's me personally. I don't know why you would lock in this you know seventy. I think it's seventy three or eighty million dollars worth of that contract. And on top of that, I have to give up compensation for a guy with a no trade clause and his team clearly doesn't want him. So um, do you think A, he gets cut or traded and B, like, what's his market look like? Is he going to be, you know, because I think he signed, what, three for 121, like 12 yeah, months that, that that's about what he is. So ne- next year he's under contract for about 33 million, uh, but you have another seven or seven and a half that's also guaranteed. So, I mean, if he flames out after one year, you're talking about 40 million. And then, yeah, his salary jumps those next two years to about $40 million. Yeah, give or take a little bit. Um, I, I would lean towards him being released. I, I don't think that there, there's going to be a trade offer that comes in that, you know, it, it's almost like, yeah, you want to get what you can. I almost feel like if you're the Raiders, it looks bad if you only get like a sixth round pick for him. Um, like, it's not even worth it at that point. At that point, just say, 
you know, we, we've decided to uh, to move on and give him a chance to pursue, you know, whatever home that he wants. I don't know what kind of market he's going to find. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are crazy about him, um, you know, online. You, you see people on Twitter all the time talking about it. Like if Carr was on the Jets, you know, they would have been whatever. I mean, he was playing with Devontae Adams. They they had no offense. They, they, you know, they, they were not a, you know, they weren't a good team. Um you know, it collapsed down the stretch that uh, they couldn't score when they needed to score any points. And, you know, he, he got benched partially as a scapegoat, partially because they just wanted to protect themselves from having that injury guarantee uh, kick in. But, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be like this this big market that's like, yeah, we got to bring in Carr. Um, you know, and the other thing, too, is when you're talking about these other quarterbacks who could be available, you have to commit to trading for Carr in February. No team is going to want to do that if they think they can be in the running for Lamar Jackson or even like uh, Aaron Rodgers or something like that. You know, you're not going to take Carr in February and then find out, man, I could I could have gotten a much better player, a younger player, um, you know, come March. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. You, I know a lot of discourse around it. Um, I just I have my concerns with Carr. Like I think he's obviously a huge upgrade to anything the Jets have had. My concerns are around, you know, little happy feet in the pocket, doesn't really want to get hit. The cold weather stuff's not great. Like the red zone numbers aren't great. I don't know. It's just there's a lot of like kind of red flags there that you're like, I don't know that he's really taking. I'm not even sure, you know, it kind of what you mentioned before, you know, would he really even want to be on the Jets? You know, you you look at the way that this breakup has gone with the Raiders. He very clearly wants to be on the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, that's like where his heart, it seems like that's where his heart is. And I don't know if this is going to be a situation where he spends all next year just being like, man, I wish I was back in Vegas, um, you know, versus whatever team he's on. Uh, you know, when the Jets had Favre, it was almost like that. You know, Favre really didn't want to be on the Jets. He wanted to be on the Vikings or he wanted to be on the Buccaneers. And he took the Jets job because that was the only place Green Bay had sent him to. And kind of went into that that same thing. You know, it wasn't like he was part of the team. He was actually playing football and, you know, did fine for a little while. Um, you know, but couldn't really wait to get out of New York and go play in Minnesota. Yeah. And you, you kind of wonder, would that same kind of thing happen with someone who very clearly probably still wants to be the, the starting quarterback of the uh, Raiders? Yeah, no, look, I'm on the same page as you, I think. It'll be interesting. Tennessee maybe is a spot. Um, I think that we'll see Tannehill get moved at some point. I'm just not sure that you go from you pay Ryan Tannehill to then just go pay Derek Carr. I'm not sure that's really the move I would make if I were them. But, you know, obviously we'll see. I want to kind of quickly rattle through a couple other names here. You mentioned one Aaron Rodgers. Another guy, I just don't see it happening. Um, I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers wants to be in New York. It just doesn't really feel like the best fit. I get it football wise. It makes a lot of sense. I just don't know if Aaron Rodgers in New York is really what he wants at this point in his career. Also the contract feels like it's like, there's so much cash owed that I just don't know. Like, I don't even know how that works. So um, is that even possible for the jets with the salary cap situation they're in to, to acquire some of the amount of money that Aaron Rodgers is owed? It's, it's a you, it's a huge amount of money that you're going to commit to, you know, it's about 60 million, I think next year. Um, his salary is in that ballpark. So I mean, it's, it's a big number. Uh, my guess is he ends up staying in Green Bay, uh, but I am sure that uh, at the very least, the Jets owner has mentioned, you know, is he available? And if he's available, what would it cost to uh, to bring him in? But, you know, there's an Aaron Rodgers tax, I think, that comes with that, too. It's like, now you got to bring in Randall Cobb, and you probably got to bring in one of his offensive linemen. You know, you, you end up bringing in a bunch of guys that he probably likes as well. 
and that almost just adds to the to the whole mix, you know, and it becomes chaotic and it becomes bad probably on your uh, your salary structure and everything else. So I, my guess is he'll just say he's going to stay in Green Bay and uh, play there next year. You don't want to pay uh, Randall Cobb at this point in his career $13 million a year. No. <laughs> the last one I wanted to ask you about uh, is Jimmy Garoppolo. And his, it feels like his market value, depending on who you ask and when you ask them, it, it fluctuates daily. It's like, oh, Jimmy G's a $40 million guy. You know, ESPN today is talking about Daniel Jones getting $50 million, which is not going to – I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But um, but then other people are like, oh, Jimmy's going to cost twenty because of the injuries. Are, but he's an unrestricted free agent. That's in a prime of his career. So I don't I don't see the Jets like getting him for a bargain at $20 million a year. It just doesn't really feel like that's going to happen. No, probably not. But I mean, I, I think with him, he's one of those players. He's he's basically he's hurt every other year. Um, so, I mean, that that works against him. Um, you know, he's been in the league for a while now. So now he's talking about getting on to a third contract and uh, people start to get a little bit more worried about those injuries. And he already has that big injury history. Uh, I think the way you would do a deal with him, and he'd probably be open to it because this is kind of what happened in San Francisco this year. You probably pay him base value, maybe in like that $25 million, $30 million range with all kinds of incentives and escalators based on how many games he's healthy, how many games they win, do they make the playoffs to where that takes him up to that $40 million a year level to match up with like a Matt Stafford or, you know, that, that group of players. So I think that's how you would probably approach it. Um, you know, if you were going to do that and, you know, that's definitely going to be an option. I, I just don't know how worried the jets would be about durability. It's like, you know, there, there's a Lamar Jackson durability, but there, there's so much upside with a player like that versus Garoppolo who, you know, th there's a limited ceiling. Um, I, I think when you're talking about a player like that and his injury history is actually pretty extensive in terms of just having all these things that just keep him out of games and out of seasons. And, you know, that, that would be a, um, you know, a disaster, you know, I mean, I'm pretty old, so I can, I can go back to like the Neil O'Donnell kind of stuff. And it was like, you know, you, you make that your big off season acquisition and he's hurt. And then he says he's coming back and he gets hurt in warmups and, and, you know, it's like, do you really want to go through that as an organization, um, especially when you're going to be a general manager on the hot seat? Yeah, no, look, I'm on the same page. Here. I think it also made more sense with Michael Floor being here. Um, if he's not here, I don't know yeah. if that changes the dynamic. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, who knows with that? I kind of want to move to some names on the Jets roster um, that are either just kind of, I guess I could get you could give me like a either they get cut the re-signed or like restructure. If you want to, I would just roll through some of them quickly. Some of the bigger contracts. Sure. I'm going to Lincoln Tomlinson, I think is maybe gets restructured. Is that something the most like likely scenario? Because there's, I just don't feel like they're cutting yeah, him. Yeah. They're yeah. No, no, no. His salary is mainly guaranteed next year. So they'll, they'll restructure that contract to create some cap room next year. All right. Uh, CJ Mosley, again, I would just, I would keep your best defensive player outside of Quinn Williams and sauce. I, I think they approach him about doing a contract extension or a contract redo, bring his uh, salary down. I think it's like 17 next year, bring it down to 10, uh, do something like the Bobby Wagner deal, you know, guarantee him 20 over the next two years, 10 million a year, 11. I think you do something like that and do a end of career contract with him. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes, that would make a ton of sense. Two guys are the jets that, um, have not a lot of guaranteed money left. I'll start with Corey Davis. I, I think that they move on from Corey Davis, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I would think you cut him. I mean, they they have holes at wide receiver, but he's another player who's hurt just way too often, too inconsistent. And, you know, he, he's been here for two years, and I think it's probably time to move on and uh, try something else. 
Uh, and then I'll go to Carl Austin. I know this is the, probably the most uh, controversial one because they still they still could use the, the help at edge, but he makes uh, he makes pretty decent money. Yeah, I think that's a that's a player that you look to see if he's willing to take a pay reduction. Uh, you know, where maybe some kind of sack totals or something can bump his salary back up. Uh, but otherwise, I think you'd look to, to slash his number kind of in half or something like that, see if he's agreeable to it. If he's not, I kind of think you move on, um, you know, just because you're going to need to create some kind of cap space for some of these other positions. You're going to have to resign Quinn Williams, which is going to be something for longer term kind of stuff. So I think he he would go if he doesn't accept a uh, a lower salary. And then that's the, that's the next person to get to. Like, what do you think a Quinn extension looks like? Because. You hear, you know, people say he wants over 21, but then there's hearing between 24 and 26 from some people. I know he's not going to get the Aaron Donald money like that. It's just, he, it's not going to happen. Um, that, that will lead to a holdout, but obviously he's going to get quite a payday. I assume something in the five-year range, if I'm like, in my opinion. Yeah. If it, if it was me, I'd be asking for 25. Um, you know, the, I'd try and push that that Donald contract really move that market up and that you were at 25 million bucks a year. Uh, probably won't get that. But, you know, maybe you get 23, um, you know, 23, 24, so somewhere in that range. Um, I wouldn't have said that a year ago. Um, I don't even know if he's going to ever do this kind of season again. But based on what he did and the way everybody thinks about him right now, I think he's got a lot of leverage, which is why he said, I'm not going to play unless I get a new contract because he'll never have a better time to, to negotiate a deal than he does right now. I know, and he got out in front of the Jets too. He beat them with a punch. He's like, you know, I love it here, blah, blah. It's said all the nice things. And it was just like, I won't be here by this date. And it's like, he put it, he did all, uh, Nicole, uh, Nicole Lynn is his agent. Like, good for yep. her. That is incredible, uh, incredible job there uh, by her controlling the, uh, controlling the PR side of it. The last couple of people that are guys that are Jets free agents that are, I'm curious, Bryce Huff is a guy who's a restricted free agent, but obviously had a fantastic year. And, you know, he's, an, he's a UDFA who's was making, you know, bottom of the barrel money what's what's something like that look like for a guy who's a restricted free agent and i know there's all these different tags and things that the jets could do yeah the, the, I, I would guess they throw a second round tender on him um i don't know what those numbers are in front of me it's probably like four million dollars give, give or take a little bit um you know i i would think that's that's what you do i mean your other option is you could try to do like a two-year extension like a two two-year contract with him um you know where if he does pan out you get that second year for kind of a bargain price um if he doesn't, you're going to end up paying more than he did on the RFA tag. But, you know, that'll be one of those two options. I'd be stunned if they'd tender him and somehow he leaves. Yeah, no, me too. I know he wants to be here. Um, I think it's just a matter of the money. Sheldon Rankin's another guy, you know, decent-sized contract and actually has been really good this year. Was, or this year was really good. What's something look like for him? Because I think he got like two for 18 or something in that range, um, you know, when he initially signed or something around there. And he had a good year. Um, and they kind of need, they have no other players at defensive tackle outside of Quinnen. So there's kind of a need there. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's a tough one um, just because of how much you're going to have invested in the team. Uh, I would guess that they would make him an offer. That's probably a pure extension over what he has right now. You know, just kind of same amount of money, same kind of things. Hey, we yeah, like it here. We like it. We'll, we'll throw some stuff. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of um, what they would do, you know, say, you know, this is what we expected from you. You've given us exactly what we expected, and we'd love to just kind of keep this relationship going as is. But, you know, if he thinks that he can go out there in free agency and, you know, get 12, um, yeah, I, I would think the Jets would walk on something like that. And then last last kind of position group here, it's kind of a complicated one. They backloaded both deals, it feels like, the Conklin 
and Uzama deals, and then they drafted Jeremy Ruckert. What are they? Is this tight end room just going? They're just going to run it back uh, with these three guys. Yeah, they're going to run it back. Yeah. The, the the salaries for Uzama is guaranteed. Most of Conklin's salary is guaranteed. I mean, people aren't going to take it. So you're basically you're basically stuck with them. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think Uzama's a good locker room guy. The guys seem to love him. Uh, I don't think that's worth eight million bucks. <laughs> you know, at, at least there's that kind of positive. And I mean, Conklin's up and down. Uh, he makes some plays that make you scratch your head. He, but he at least catches the ball a little. Yeah, look, I and then you like so, yeah, roll with those guys again, try to get the rookie a little bit more, and that's that. Yeah, try to give him some like H back reps or or something just to get him involved and uh, get a return on that value. Um, in terms of you know. Obviously, even though in the free agent, we don't know the free agent market for you know weeks now. Obviously, because you know guys get extended, et cetera, et cetera. Is there any veteran names, specifically a receiver? The two names that kind of come to mind are DeAndre Hopkins, maybe a Mike Evans. That like with the cap situations where they are, you know, they could be rebuilding in the point in their career. Are either of those guys even remotely like tradable? Because with the number they're at. So Hopkins, um, I, I would imagine Hopkins is definitely going to get traded, or he's going to get cut. Um, I, I, that team right now is a mess. They, they have to, you know, really tear things down. And, uh, I think it just makes sense for him to go, um, you know, it, depending on who the jets bring in at quarterback, you know, I, I would say that that's at least a name that they're going to explore. Um, Evans, I don't know. I mean, he'd be available. I, I would think, um, that's one that's a little tricky. He's got a lot of dead money. If I remember right in that contract and, uh, you know, he and Brady were not on the same page at all this season I, I don't know what what that was about um you know I, I'd probably be more interested in bringing Hopkins in than Evans but uh you know I those are the types of guys that'll be available free agency for wide receivers is pretty poor this year so I think the trade market is where you look if you're looking to bring in that other guy to line up uh you know opposite Wilson and then last last one I almost forgot about him and he's kind of tied to Quinnen well very much tied to Quinnen is Quincy Williams I am most nervous this offseason for the Jets from that perspective because you want to get Quinn and done and you want to get Quinn in at the right price. But does it how much do you have to overpay Quincy to then like get Quinn in at a reasonable price? I just I worry with that something like that where he's pretty clearly made it known like Quinn, it's they've leaked it already. Like, you know, however you take care of Quincy is going to impact how you know I see the con it's just he's a nice player and he's got high upside, but the floor is quite low and I'm a bit concerned with the Jets having to overpay. Yeah, it, it, that, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I, you know, it, that that's a tough one. Um, and you, you certainly don't want to get into these things where, you you know, where kind of what I mentioned with Rogers, where you, you're paying another guy because, you know, he's someone's buddy, someone's friend or something, uh, brother in this case. Um, you know, it, I don't think that that'll be the case. I think the Jets will be smart enough to know that you can say those things, but when push comes to shove, you know, if you offer Quinn and Williams 23 million a year, 22 million a year, and you don't keep the brother, he's probably still going to resign with the Jets because it's a lot of money. Uh, so <laughs> I think that that's the, that's the kind of deal there. Um, you know, with Quincy, you know, I, I would imagine he can get as much as like $7 million a year, $8 million a year that's a market though that goes bust sometimes i mean you you could wind up at the veterans minimum um you know it brings a lot of energy um you know he makes some big plays and then like you said just kind of misses plays 
uh, where you're just like, where was he or what what was he what was he looking at? <laughs> um, so you know, players like that, you never know what's going to happen with them in free agency because they're not the tier one kind of players. Um, I just don't know if the Jets would lowball an offer to the point where it's just like, okay, I'm definitely not coming back to the Jets. So I guess it depends on probably what they make as an initial offer. I, I would I would think if the Jets start off at like four or five million, it's at least reasonable enough to where you're you're going to talk um you know and you, you've kind of got that going for you for you know a two month or two and a half months before free agency kicks in no it makes a lot of sense i'm not going to get into quan alexander and other guys just because quan son he's just a veteran version of quincy with that in a sense of like you know I, i'm just not sure you know his he got paid the veteran veteran minimum this year maybe he's looking for you know four or five million elsewhere or it comes back who knows i'll ask you a lot i'll finish with this Gut feeling, 2023 opening day starter. The Jets are, you know, playing whoever. Who, uh, who's starting under center? If you say Zach Wilson, I might have to cut this pod and just totally delete it. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, that I have such little feel for it. Um, I'm just going to say the most likely one is going to end up being Garoppolo. Um, I just think that's going to be the most available player. That's going to be the one the coach is most familiar and comfortable with. Um so I'm just to say that I think that the Jets will make that big push for Lamar Jackson. I just can't imagine the Ravens would let him go. Um, so I'm, if I had a guess, uh, I'll, I'll go with Garoppolo. <laughs> I, uh, I know it's hard to, it's hard to make a prediction. I guess like at this point, I guess maybe I would guess Derek Carr, Garoppolo, but like, I, I really do think if Lamar is made available, the Jets will legitimately make a push there. I just, how much of a tax do they have to pay? Uh, you know, versus someone like Atlanta or, you know, Carolina, other teams that could be involved. Uh, but obviously appreciate you hopping on. Obviously maybe, you know, around the free agency time, once we, we kind of get there, we'll, uh, with Quinton's big extension or whatever happens, we'll have to have you on again, but make sure you're following Jason's work, um, you know, obviously on Twitter, but then also, you know, over the cap and, and, you know, his podcast, his writing as well. So we appreciate, uh, appreciate you hopping on. Oh, thanks for having me.